Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our children and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, experts, and moms around the world. And sometimes husbands. Yes, I'm also known as Ellie Stekiel, and uh, yeah. sitting across from me is my husband, Adam Stekiel, and I am 37 weeks pregnant. We are recording this July 6th. Uh, I say that because there's a chance that by the time we release this, I will have given birth to our second baby girl. Yeah, if it comes tomorrow, she'll have her grandfather's birthday, Big Vito. Adam's July father. July 7th, yeah. And what's also really cool about that is uh, her due date is actually the day before my dad's birthday. And our 10-year anniversary. And our 10-year anniversary. A lot of birthdays and in July. my dad and, and uh, fairy stepmom's wedding anniversary. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I have I a question about— I don't could follow any of that. No. Just, I actually got lost. <laughs> Didn't the intro used to be caring for our little ones and ourselves? It was. But then I feel like Why little ones are so little. <laughs> like little You feel ones. like people stop listening after they the babies turn into toddlers. Yeah. And it feels a little precious. Little ones. Yeah, like on all yeah. the common boards, on mom common boards, it's always like L-O. L-O. It took me forever. forever. I was like, what is L-O? Yeah. And then it's like little one. And yeah, I read the comment boards. But yeah, I mean, right. No, you don't. I would. You know what it was? I don't need more. You're right. But when Sabrina was I'm, I want to make a bad like porn joke. Like <laughs> L-O's long ones. I don't even know oh, what it would that's be. that's way better. I was uh, thinking like size A cups. Oh, <laughs> Like L-O's. I'm an L-O. I like the L-O's. <laughs> uh, uh when, when Sabrina was an infant, I would, you know, you're in the, up in the middle of the night and whether it's the coughing or whatever, some weird thing that you're, or that is not weird after you've been through it. But at the time is like, why is this miniature person making this noise? So you're always on message boards trying to like, and nobody ever posts on message boards like, this is totally normal. It's always like something terrible. Uh, so I stopped doing it because I was like, this never, if I take the advice of the message board, I have to go to the ER right now. Yeah, exactly. Although, what what is the oh, – man, it's like Kelly. What is it, guys? Uh, I don't know. If oh, you're yeah. you're a new mom, there's like a, a great website. Yeah, what was that it's called? It's got Kelly in the – It does. I keep thinking of the Kelly Blue Book, but that's for like automotive no, sales. No, but I, I would go to there – I would go there often in the middle of the night uh, yeah. when what I was, was nursing that? I know. It's like I've even Mostly forgotten Mostly to that. look up her green poop. So now new there's listeners – There's always poop color. That's right. God, uh, God. She is uh, – Sabrina's now three and a half years old um, and – we're about to get baby girl number two any day now, uh, and we're jazzed up. And um, I'm going to try to record this with Adam and not edit it. It edit it. Too oh late. man, oh, I already did it. Whoa! Um, because I'm trying to figure out how to sustain the podcast while I lose my mind with the newborn. Those are going to be the best ones, right? So this will be a great experiment, uh, new listeners. Maybe go back and listen to some of the ones that I've done with experts that are really helpful. Uh, <laughs> uh, or just go along on this crazy ride with us right now. Uh, I just, you should just record on your phone. Like you should do an episode called like night sniping and just like record. And then I guarantee there'll be one night in the middle of the night with the infant where we'll both be exhausted and snippy. And Oh, yeah. No, I mean in full episode. disclosure, listeners – uh, we did try to record this podcast earlier and ended up in a fight. <laughs> so, yep. Anyone out there uh, who's wondering why uh, things get a little hostile <laughs> when you have a baby, 
um, just know that that we're right there with you. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to get into it. Uh, mm. No, we have a fresh start today. Mm-hmm. But every day is a new day. Just so you know, you're not you're not alone. Um, so much has been happening. I first of all, I want to say I'm so excited because today is the day that I took my keys back. Uh, and I started driving again because I was on modified bed rest. But now <clears throat> the baby's in the safe zone. So I can do whatever I want. And I took Sabrina to get a haircut. And then uh, later this afternoon, I disappeared again. And Adam called me. And what did you say? Where are you? What are you doing? Are you spending money? Or- no, I said, where are you? Where are you? What are you doing? And you said, none of your business. <laughs> yeah. So none said, of your GD business. Are you spending a lot of money? I said, there is wind in my hair. Yeah. <laughs> I am out. Uh, I got a mani-pedi. I'm really excited because I feel like at some point I'll be looking at my toes while I'm pushing. Yeah. Uh, and it was, you know, it's been a couple months. Since you've seen your toes? No, since I got, you know, since I painted the, oh, my right, toenails blue it, right. with Sabrina and oh, yeah. it was getting depressing. So uh, speaking of superficial things, I've also been having this weird uh, fantasy about getting fake tans and eyelash extensions uh, and basically turning into Khloe Kardashian. Why? Once this baby's out, I, I'm. I have no idea. And uh, listeners know that that's not who I am. <laughs> but this or is, is it? In because my that's fantasy. your passion. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't even understand the what. What is the attraction of that? For I you? think it's because I let so much of that go because I couldn't you drive and I was in my house. I know I haven't. I haven't fake tanned since. Uh, we got engaged, right? And we had a this is we had a dinner before uh, you took me on this amazing trip where you proposed to me, and the, everybody. This is ten, oh man, eleven years ago. Yeah. <clears throat> Whoa. Okay, so we were about to go on this trip, and the night before we had dinner with Adam's mentor, and uh, I didn't realize that you couldn't wash the fake tan off for twenty four hours. Uh, or it doesn't work. And so I showed up at this dinner and I looked orange. so orange. <laughs> so orange. Um, so anyway, I think it might just be the 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 idea of like, oh, I won't be a shut-in anymore. And maybe the Manny Petty satisfied that for me. Or I could just <clears throat> I don't know. Turn you are a shut-in deep down. I am? Yeah. That's that's you're a Ellie's a uh, what did I call you the other day? You're like a you're like an you're like an introverted borderline shut in who wants to think she's an extrovert. Uh yeah. Yeah. I got weird. I'm gonna admit it, everybody. No, you no, you didn't get weird. It's just it's who you've always been. The phone rings and you're immediately like, I should go out under the covers. But then the funny thing is uh, texting gives me such anxiety. Yeah, texting gives you anxiety. That I end up being the one to call other people because it's because I like people to be able to read my voice versus, of course, mm, yeah, you know, trying to text and then it's awkward. Yeah, and text and email people. are the worst for tone. Yeah, so um, I prefer to bother everybody by <laughs> being like a ninety-year-old grandmother, being like, "I'm just leaving a really long rambling voicemail." Yeah. So you know, I'm not bitchy. <laughs> I know you won't listen to. <laughs> You'll just read it on the text transcript, and it'll be like a text. <laughs> Which it just happened to us because, uh, oh, guys, the nursery's finally done. This is another reason I'm so excited. Like, the the baby can come now because the nursery is done. Come, Adam went out of town for six days to Atlanta for work. 
<clears throat> he is writing a movie for Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, uh, and he somehow got himself like a one-line part. Oh yeah, where he's a pilot. You're looking at your phone right now. What is that? Nothing. I was gonna. I was gonna look. Uh, I was gonna do a bit, but I to look something up, but I couldn't find it in time. So you yelled at me. You outed me. We'll just okay. be closer to your mic. So well, I wasn't talking. Oh, okay. It wasn't when my voice well, got so high. Well, now because you've thrown now me off, now I'm all edit. out of sorts. I don't know what's happening. He yelled at me. So, so he went to Atlanta. Uh, uh, by the way, I had half a day's notice. Um, I'm on modified bed rest. I'm not supposed to be driving. And no, no, but you have he comes into the house at three, uh, three o'clock, and he's like, "Tomorrow morning, I'm going to Atlanta to shoot this thing where I'm." But you knew that it would be, be going. Pilot. I mean, truthfully, it was yeah. better because originally they were like, "It's July eighth, which is two days from now." It was really right. So I had a, I, so I've had anxiety about this for months now, and then it ended up happening <clears throat> last second, which was great. It was six days that I got to spend with Sabrina, which was really really awesome. Uh, we'll talk more about that in a minute, but um, I decided that it gave me the right to <clears throat> uh, buy a. Uh, like a shelving system for our nursery closet. And um, Adam wasn't really happy about it. I wasn't unhappy about it. You would just do a weird thing where you'd be like, I don't want to say how much it cost. And so then when you do that, like, obviously in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, it was $5,000. You know, like, I just, like, like, that stuff is useful, but I have, like, a weird, it takes me a minute to get my head around it where I'm like, but this is you, this is so much money to put things on shelves like it just but but it ultimately always is great i just always have like a hard time with like interior design or things that i feel like i could do myself i have a hard time spending money on like but, interior design yeah i have an ama- I have amazing taste a great eye for couches and <laughs> ottomans couch ottoman tv side table right. plant i'm an interior designer uh, some of you know that when I met Adam, he had sheets nailed to the windows as his curtains. Uh, so that's where we're yeah. coming from. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> good enough then, and it should be good enough so, now. So my uh, marriage technique, this is how I've made it 10 years with my husband in Hollywood. Uh, we've broken records, uh, the fact that we're still married in this town. You know, you just get them really upset by being super vague. And um, I wasn't upset. So I, I, you know, then he thinks it's the end of the world. And then when he finds out the actual cost, he's just so relieved. And now the and, and now the nursery's done and we just moved into this place and we're going to be here for a million years and it was worth the investment. Anyway. Mm, I don't think I wouldn't use the word investment in, when we talk about shelving systems. But, yeah, it was worth the money. How about that? I mean, it'll be like a dollar a day. Can I for, sell the shelving system for more money than we bought it for down the road? Well, it'll be a, you know, highlight of the house when we sell it. <laughs> no, but I think um, the point of that was I had I don't listen to voicemails, even though I leave them. Uh, and uh, I we had an issue with the store that was helping us, and I gave the voicemail text like gave the wrong name, and so then Adam was on hold for. 20 minutes, and then he was saying the wrong name, and they kept saying, nobody works here with that name. So I, try to, be, really I try to be helpful and be like, you know what? Let me, I'll take, I'll handle this. Let me just call them. I'll take it off your plate, and then invariably it's like— Because they showed up only with half the shelves, which is the kind of stuff that happens all the time for me. But That anyway. did, yeah. That happens all the time for you, and then that's that was twice that you've been like— like 
I don't even know how to phrase this. Like you've been casual about facts, which I, you know, uh, like like that was the one where it was you gave me the incorrect name of the person because I was, I was be reading it off the. Text I got it. Of and then the other one was when we were like, we got to get these uh, curtains professionally cleaned. And I said, okay, great. Where is it? And you're like, oh, it's at the. It's where the four or five meets the one on one. I'm like, great. That's really close. And then on the day of when we were about to do it, I looked it up. And I'm like, this is where the four or five meets the ten, which for non. Angelinos from Los Files, it's like a difference of, it's like, it turns a, what would have been a 30 minute trip into a two hour trip that we decided to do as a family. I know. And I was like, God, he's being so upbeat. This is like when we first met and he'd actually go to Ikea with me. I'm surprised he's being so uh, positive. Never go to Ikea. And in Sorry, case anyone Ikea is wondering if we're just the most superficial people ever talking about this house stuff, we did just move in. That's why we're obsessed. Uh, and I've had nothing else and to do. And we've been married 10 years. We have nothing else to talk about right. besides. But the reason these, they weren't drapes. They were uh, Roman shades in our bedroom. <laughs> the reason they needed to be cleaned is because mm. why? There there uh, was honey dripping out of the walls. Our house bleeds honey. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> True story. Had to get the house tented for termites before we moved in. Not uncommon out here. In the Los Angeles area. Especially with this super, super old house like what ours. What we didn't know is that there were also bee, there was bees in the walls, which sad because I know there's like bees are special or something or I don't know, you're supposed to not it, kill aren't them. Aren't they endangered? Or, I don't know exactly. But uh, so, yeah, we didn't know there were bees in there until a month and a half later when we were like, what's that weird we stuff? We still don't know. We still haven't seen any dead bees. But, but we know it's there bees was because it tastes like honey. Because I tasted it. The handyman was like, do not touch this. We're not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you you could tell. It had the consistency. Yeah, but it was probably also sprayed with like the, Sure. It was definitely uh, DDT honey. But yeah. 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 You're insane. I anyway. I spread it on toast. I like Sabrina put a tiny was, dot Sabrina was so excited that uh, we have honey in our walls. And when I texted, like, <laughs> no, poo. I emailed Jennifer Waldberger. Um, yeah, it's Pooh's Corner over here. Uh, when I emailed Jennifer Waldberger, who has been a frequent guest uh, and re- most recently did a sleep learning episode with us, uh, she was like, honey, you know, I that, that sounds auspicious. And uh, and Bridget, also a frequent guest, was like, that's very biblical. <laughs> very biblical. So um, if anybody knows if I should be ripping out the walls right now, because I'm afraid that the honey is actually going to attract other animals or ants, uh, let me know. I mean, or the bees are gone. to table chefs who want locally sourced honey. Yeah. We could sell it. We could sell it. Yeah. Um, with the with – the chemicals from the We don't know termite. that. It could go away. I don't know what the half-life is on those chemicals. It can't be that long. <laughs> Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to live in the house, right? Well, maybe. But aren't you supposed to get rid of all the food in the house before the termite? But you eat – it's gas. Like, you, But you eat off the table. But you're right. They do say you have to get rid of all the food. Yeah, it's probably bad. Probably, now probably I'm worried not. about the carpet in our daughter's room. I'm I think that's okay. That first. No, I think that's okay. Nobody wants to hear us go to the ins and outs <clears> of <throat> fumigation. That's no. my other podcast. <laughs> um, but getting back to my weird antisocial stage, um, I, I do uh, want to thank uh, everybody who wasn't offended by my weirdness who had emailed me being about like, let's get together and me being like, I can't right now. Um, I, I got a little weird. And um, I'm hearing a bird. Is that door shut? Yeah. Okay. It'll be okay, guys. Um. 
What if I was making the noise? I was just driving insane. No, I'm like, it's the canary in the coal mine. We're, <laughs> we're in the... Um, but he's alive, so it's okay. Right. So I also have some tips for my uh, from my girlfriends for sort of how they've been so amazing to me. And if you have anyone that uh, is kind of losing her cool... Uh, as a new mom or um, in the last stages of pregnancy, here's some good stuff. Like Elizabeth, my girlfriend, was like, let's go see Wonder Woman. And then she gave me days and times. Like it's good to corner your friends is what I'm saying. Like don't – like the whole like wishy-washy like floating – and I'm a big floater because I don't want to corner my friends. But some of us uh, don't act unless we're cornered. This is great relationship advice, isn't it? Corner. corner <laughs> Just corner people. Yeah. Um, but be specific with what it is. Also, um, what? No, it's a good – I just imagined the other version of nonspecific. Do you want to do something Yeah, like we should get together sometime. I'm like the queen of wishy-washy. Right, of course. Be specific Because I never about... know if I'm going to have an anxious day. Yeah. I saw – oh, man. You guys, it's because I'm having a baby any day. I woke up at f- – I've been waking up every day at 3 a.m., this morning, Sabrina got up at 5, so then we cuddled, and she, like, Eskimo kissed me, and it was the sweetest, and it was the best, and we're, like, best friends again. Yeah. I didn't realize at the age 2 to 3 how much I missed her physically because she was being so independent. Well, because you're having another child. She knows she's trying to warm in. It's working, man. Yeah. It's working. No um, actually, on Instagram, I had... Uh, posted a picture of Sabrina and me uh, reading together uh, and about, like, the kind of final sweet moments as my only child. And uh, one listener wrote, it's so hard to explain what it feels like to add a second child to your family. It's like there was this empty room in your heart that you never knew existed, and it all of a sudden bursts open and it's bright and beautiful inside. But there are no words for the ache that it is to miss what it was like when it was just you and your only. Soak, soak, soak up these sweet, perfectly imperfect moments. Mm, the so, first half was great. Thank the second you, half Caitlin, for that. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, great. It's going to be nothing but good. It is. But well, it's that, change. But, um, I mean, sure. and we just – when we just sold our house of nine years and I was like crying as we walked through every room. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, that didn't bother me because that's – but you know my philosophy. It's like whenever people get sentimental about houses, I'm like weirdos lived here before you. Weirdos are going to live here after you. Yeah. Doing weird stuff in these rooms. Doing you know. weird stuff in these rooms. Yeah. Weirdos Weirdos live places, man. And that's all it is. It's just a, it's just a big box for weirdos to live. That's what it is. These are some of the conversations we didn't have when we got engaged, only knowing each other three months. <laughs> but that, but don't, you know what I mean? And by the way, the how the old the our last house when we moved in, you're telling me that whoever owned it at some point in the past, not the people that we bought it from, but they didn't change a few things. That whoever had the red vampire room, a weirdo. Yeah, we bought a house that the master bedroom had red walls and I think a gold ceiling. There was a gold ce- – no, no. There was like a gold ceiling that and gold curtains room. in the dining room. We should do before The master bedroom pictures. was red walls, red curtains, and a black ceiling. We left it much better. And by better. the way, not judging for anyone out there who does it. But if you're no. over 30, judging a little bit. <laughs> the big sell was that it was uh, oriental. A house we could afford. <laughs> it's oriental Express was the was 
was the depiction, which I love, but you know. Yeah, I had to break you down to change any of it. Anyway, we should share those before and after pictures at some point. Because after you nine years, you're in a home, you actually like make it. Kitchen had black fo- black floor, black ceiling. It was very dark and very weird. Yeah, and it was all like futuristic. And we were like, "We'll take it." Dystopian light fixtures. But I will say, and this has to do with a parenting podcast. Um, when I went, the the owners had a little girl. When I went into the nursery, I saw what the rooms could look like if they weren't painted vampire colors. Um, and I was like, oh, with white trim, I see this is what the home could look like. Mm-hmm. So the baby room sold me. Yeah. Um, anyway, I love that this has become like a real real estate episode. We never talk about this stuff. What are you going to do differently with this next kit? Like how are you not going to screw this up? I feel like I did not – I didn't screw it up at all the first time around. I thought I did a great job personally. Um, I do too. I think that this time around, I think just I'm I'm going to have to do everything differently because there's going to be another person. I think the first time around, I really like – really enjoyed like kind of just like letting Sabrina snooze on my chest while I watch TV in the afternoon and kind of carrying her around everywhere and re- like really – she was like attached, you know, to me when I was with her and, and you're a hundred percent locked in on that. And I think this time now, you know, you, there's going to be two people in the house and it's probably a lot, you know, like what that listener commented about is just a different vibe. And so I think, unfortunately, I'm just going to have to, it's going to be a little bit more of a, a divide and conquer uh, situation, which is like a little bit scary because you don't want your first kid to suddenly feel like a second class citizen. Um, no, that was another great thing that our friends did um, whenever anyone's given me a baby gift, they gave me a gift for Sabrina to open as well, which is so sweet and something I never would have thought of before I was a parent. Um, but we're trying to figure out what are the little ways to keep her included. I am shocked that she has been so chill about the fact that um, this amazing closet system I have in the nursery <laughs> is filled with all of Sabrina's things. Like, she occasionally right. will take out some toys. She got upset about the rocking chair. There's a few things that she she keeps – there's been a consistent flow of, like, I'm going to go in there and take a thing out. Yeah. It's like – I mean, it was like the – what do you call it? The Sophie giraffe or whatever. And then she tried to feed that to our dog, Chubbs, yeah. as a chew toy. But that's fine. I'm sure that's going to happen. <laughs> but I can just wipe that off and give it to the infant. Every right? step of the way. You the know what's f- interesting? I think this time around – and I only say this because I was looking at my sister's – she had like a little video that she had made of her two boys, one of whom is Sabrina's cousins, one's four, and the other is a little over one. And my sister, is she like makes jewelry and works with tools and everything. And so she was letting the older one use a hammer and nails, and then she was letting the little one also use a hammer. And I was like, oh, that's that feels what will be different this time around. Like looking back, like I never would have let my first one-and-a-half-year-old have like a real hammer and play. And then I think now you're like, oh, yeah, they're just going to do things together. Like I think the the, the second child will get I don't think I will to, let Sabrina near the <laughs> baby with a hammer. They, yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> I a good point. I think it depends but on the child's temperament. For sure. <laughs> but I'm just saying I think that the younger one will benefit from – she'll just get to do a lot of stuff earlier because you're just, they're just there. You're like, oh, okay, you're both here. You're both right. going to do the activity. Um which I think will be cool. You know, I, I do think like, oh, that'll be fun for the 
The second one is looking to kind of experience things a little bit sooner than I'm sure Sabrina did because I treated her like a Fabergé egg. You did? I did. And then at some point you're just like, this is an insane person and she's indestructible. So, yeah. You know, I think when I realized she wasn't a Fabergé egg is when you were gone. Oh, I, I don't think I want to hear this what story. what she did. Yeah. She like cut her lip open. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and it was like bleeding and I'm like, oh God, you know, this is really bad. And I got her like a bag of peas and then she sat on the couch for literally like 10 seconds with a bag of peas on her bloody face and then was just like, you know, like said something that had nothing to do with it. It was like, let's go find a butterfly. And you're like, oh, we've moved. Like she just doesn't care about this. So then I realized she's pretty destructible. Sorry, I keep losing my train of thought because Ellie is yelling at me with her eyes when I touch the table. Well, it makes a big ba- bang sound. I know. So everyone knows if they hear Oh, that. my God, stop it. <laughs> I just wanted context for everybody. So they were like, what's that noise? Someone knocking? No. No. I'm doing a radio play. And then the mice ran into the room. Oh, my God. And then the dog started sitting around. If Prairie Home Companion is looking for any new talent, Adam Stiegel is available. I can do mice running and dog sniffing. Those are my two... <laughs> Sound disgusting. Effects. Are you ready to uh, dig in when I give birth? Yeah. What do you mean? When you're like going in, in like labor? Yeah. Yeah. You were so amazing last time. I got I say. also, I will say like, I do think like probably like guy secret I shouldn't reveal. But I think like when your wife is in labor you're basically just like they're being like, I got to pretend like I'm participating in a meaningful way until this is over. Because like you get in there and you realize like, oh, the discrepancy of of what we're both doing is you're doing 99.9 repeating a thousand times of the percent of the work. And I'm just like, you know, you could swap me out for a robot and it would essentially be the same thing if you just put my face on it. That's not true. Um because I've looked back on the photos that our doula took at the hospital, and it looks like Swedish torture porn. Mm-hmm. And um, and and you are right there in it with me, babe. I am. I mean, I'm, you're there for support, 100%. Like, that's your job is just support. But at some point, like, th- you're watching one human push another human out of their body, and you're just like, go! You know, like, what can you – you can't really – do anything and you feel very powerless <laughs> to help. With this modified bedrest thing too, it's been weird because I get, have this irritable uterus, which is sort of like Braxton Hicks, but I think it's um, it goes on much longer. So it'll be like hours of it in the evening, especially if I overextend myself. And so lately, especially, we've been thinking every night that like, oh, is it going to be go time? Uh, and I go to sleep. I don't think it is. I have uh, – I'm – my anxiety is that she'll come really fast. Yep. Uh, that we won't make it to the hospital. That she'll, that yeah. it sh- it'll happen in the middle of the night, which they say is no- usual. Uh-huh. Uh, Sabrina was born. Uh, I went into labor in the morning. My water broke. Yeah, so this would be, be different. Um, and also because we've got this little kid at home. So to have to find um, – to make that call in the middle of the night to someone to be like, hey, you need to come over like right now at 3 a.m. while our uh, – three-year-old sleeps is kind of crazy and the idea that we can't say goodbye to her um and my girlfriend becca who just had her second son uh she's been on the podcast uh, a couple times talking about her pregnancy and 
uh, she'll share her story at some point, but she was telling me that if it had happened in the middle of the night, she could have just gone into River's room and told him <laughs> that they were going to the hospital and that River would have, like, hugged her and they could have had that moment and then River would have gone back to sleep. And I'm like, that is crazy. Sabrina would be like, my bag is packed in the closet. I'm ready to go. There is no way if I woke up Sabrina and was like, your sister's on her way. She would she- not go back to sleep for sure. I think you've talked it through with her enough times where she would she would – she she would just say, okay, I'll see you when you get home. I'm excited to meet her. She would never go back to sleep. Never. Yeah. So we're just going to surprise her. Yeah. <laughs> we tell her like every night, like, who knows? Um, and she really hopes that this one mom from preschool will be the mom. Who is not on the list. Who's not people. on the list. Yeah. But clearly I need to make really good friends with her because yeah. uh, I think Sabrina just wants to replace me with her. Yeah. And that's cool. Yeah. Um, any other final words, babe, before, mm, I mean, no. <sighs> I mean, I'm, I, pr- I thought about this today. I'm, I'm really, I've hit the, like, I'm, I mean, again, this always so stupid when the husband says that, cause you're like, what have you done? Nothing. But I hit the point today where I'm like, I'm ready for it. Like I really, f- and, I, and I'm curious to see if it, you've probably been there for a while now, but mm-hmm. I was in the place today of like, I genuinely feel like I'm just kicking stones around now until this kid arrives like we got the car seats all switched around and the baby base where it's supposed to be. And we got the nursery done and we got the go bag ready. And, you know, everything's like in place except for the things we haven't thought of that will panic us at the moment, but pretty much everything's done. And I really had the sensation of like, okay, like I'm, I'm just waiting for it to happen now, you know, like, and I'm trying to think of weird, weird feeling uh, that I know all of you moms relate to the sort of, the not knowing at the same time that you feel this like inevitability, like you know it's going to happen, but to not know when is kind of Looney Tunes. Yeah. And the weird part for you is that, I mean us, but more you is because of this bed rest and and FFN test thing, the the you know the the specter of this kid could come at any point in all of June, you know, hanging over you and that not happening. It just feels like, oh, it's going to happen really early. Sabrina came two weeks early. It just feels like now that we're at July 6th and July 27th is the due date. It feels like, oh, it's going to happen in the next two or three days. And then you're like, well, you could also go – you could you could go all the way to July 27th. So it's like it's weird to be like it could happen in an hour or it could happen in three weeks. Right. Uh, And that's, I think, when you start to be like – Because I've been stalling with uh, booking podcast guests because I don't want to – be in the hospital when I'm supposed to have a, be doing an interview. Right. People um, understand. Yeah. But I because, of, well, last time with the labor, like we didn't look at our phone for 14 hours. Nope. Like so people could be at the house or people could be trying to call in to do an interview and I'm just going to disappear. So right. I've been sort of flaky with everyone because I'm – it's that holding pattern. This time – it's also weird because there's only, you know, potentially I could give birth within four hours or something like that. And so this idea that no one will know and we will have a baby. Like Sabrina could still be asleep. Yes, but I'm trying – again, this is – again, it doesn't matter for me. But I'm trying to not get too much – or what's what I'm looking for? Like assume too much about how it'll go. You know, like I think we've just – it's so many people have told us like, oh – the second one comes out so much faster. And then you like hear these other stories are like, oh, no, my second Tough one was days. 48 hours. So it's like I really don't want to set us up for 
expectations. Expectations man. and then going in and going, oh, my God, this isn't. And, I mean, you've been through that, too, with sort of the. And now I've got a new OBGYN and a new doula. Yeah, new OBGYN, new doula, and then the. the my OBGYN, the, the previous one doesn't take my insurance. Whatever. The, I know everyone's sensitive about this, but whether or not you want to try and have another unmedicated uh, birth um, and however a person's baby comes out is great. But but the point is the whatever first time around. birth this baby chooses. It's great. Or needs for herself. It's right? going to be awesome. Very. But my point is oh, that it's gonna be painful the first time around with Sabrina, you were super committed to really trying to do it unmedicated. Mostly because Adam's brother-in-law um, said she couldn't do it. Told me I couldn't. So it was a spite, out of spite, <laughs> which is how most things get done in our family. Yeah, I'm motivated by. Uh, uh, I'll show you. <laughs> so that's how um, I. By the way, that's how I got into screenwriting. That's true. true. Someone, one of my friends, who's an idiot, dragged me <laughs> to his his pyramid scheme meeting where he's like, I have to bring five people. And I'm like, it's a pyramid scheme. I don't want to go. And he's like, I, I told him I would. And I was like, You're, it's just going to piss me off. And so like, I finally, cause he's my friend. I went and he like sunk all of his bar mitzvah money into buying like water filters and a bunch of garbage. And so I go with him just to be a good friend. And the person, like the recruiter or whatever, basically is like, what do you I'm like 20 years old. And they're like, well, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, I'm in film school. And they're like, well, that's a really hard business. And, you know, quite frankly, you're probably not going to succeed. And I said, go f*** yourself. Uh, sorry, can I not say that on this podcast? No, no, no. We're gonna have to like I said, go F yourself. And I went home and, uh, you know. Wrote 40 screenplays. Wrote 40 screenplays. And um, now I think he pulls a rickshaw in D.C. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that, honey. No, it's just funny that... You showed the pyramid him scheme didn't work. You're out. calling the container store about shelving. And, yeah, I, I, I had listen. You know what? That's right. Let's see if he's got a sweet shelving system <laughs> that he drastically overpaid for. Kidding, container oh. store. I love you. They were Never having free sponsor. installation. I'm very pregnant. I couldn't. I. I stand I'm, it's by a bit. It. I'm kidding around. I love the Me guys. Too. No, I'm actually want, feeling do you very have a, insecure about on one of your on social it. media things. You're, I want you to post a picture of the. Of the beautiful system. shelving system, and everyone's going to go, wow. No, no one's going to care. Worth it. They will care. They're going to love. They're going to be jealous. It's amazing. <sighs> um, <clears throat> the point is, this is my retail therapy. The first time around, we can, if you want to cut in, you'd cut here. You'd go. The first time around, uh, you were really committed to doing an unmedicated birth out of spite because you were challenged by David. You couldn't do it, and so you were. It was listening to the. Hypnobirthing right. and really focusing on it. But I also want to say, because I've been thinking about this, because yeah. there was uh, recently in one of my Facebook mom groups, there was um, a conversation about uh, mothers sharing on social media that they had unmedicated births and basically how that rubs a lot of mothers the wrong way and it feels like showboating and it makes them feel ashamed. And so then I started thinking about like, well, why do I – um, why have I spoken about my unmedicated birth with Sabrina? Um, and again, and I've also talked about like how I, who knows what will happen this time around. Uh, and so I was thinking like, well, what were the motivations? I'd say that one of the primary motivations was to prove my brother-in-law wrong. Um, so, um, but it wasn't, he, and he everybody wasn't else has always said that I have no pain jerk. tolerance. Um, and that there's no way I could possibly do something like that. Um, the other, the big reason also was because 
I, I think three years before that, had had massive surgery on my leg. And there were days where my leg was paralyzed. And what, you're like laughing? No, I'm smiling. In the 80s, my leg would have been amputated. I'm not laughing at your surgery. I, for some reason, the phrase, my leg was paralyzed. Well, I could not move that leg for days in the hospital bed. I know, and so yes, it was like I, I it. So part of it was coming from a place of uh, fear of not wanting to um, choose paralysis or partial paralysis if possible because of this experience with the my leg tumor. And then the other reason is I had also gone into anaphylaxis when I was in college. Basically, I've never trusted my body ever because it's always trying to do weird things and trying to kill me. So, so um, this was an opportunity for me to learn to trust my body. But here's my question and for you. it worked. It just happened to work. But what this is what— In this that is moment the, because of this particular baby. The thread that lost on that that I'm curious about is— why do you what 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 do you get out by sharing it? I guess that was the part you started with that I was interested in. Uh, I'm freaking out right now thinking about giving birth again. Um, the reason that I would consider sharing it is because uh, I think it's good to share the good stories too. It's, that's what I think somebody would go wait, but then by that by that logic, if I'm doing the other thing, that's the bad story. Do you know what I mean? I'm sure I, I'm not agreeing. I'm saying I think that's okay. where the context gets lost. As someone goes, oh, but I think there's probably a million fantastic C-section births, and I'm sure I'm sure there's some horrific, nat, unmedicated birth yes, stories for sure. I've heard a lot of them, and so it's just whenever there's a positive experience in birth, I think it's worth sharing. I take both sides. One is if I if someone posts a photo of them finishing a marathon that says I did it, I'm amazing. And like me is the guy who like pooped his pants at mile twenty. Like <laughs> Did I'm you not literally. Huh? Uh, let's not get into details. That's for a different. That's my that's marathon layers. podcast. Or my, yeah, but my point is, I'm not upset about it. But I also, but I can take the other side and go, oh, but why? Why the need to publicly celebrate to strangers? Because, but why not? I mean, but part of I'm not. I know. I saying. Listen, I'm just curious. I will post something and then I'll be ashamed of it because I right. feel like I'm being. That I'm bragging. Um, this goes back to our very first episode with Teresa Palmer about um, uh, she's Australian and she was talking about tall poppy syndrome because she had in this idea that people want to cut you down if you. I guess that's what's interesting to me. I mean, she's it's a little bit different because she's a public personality. Yeah. So like there's a sort of an inherent public sharing of her life. Uh, but I'm always curious on both sides. Why? What 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 satisfaction is gained by publicly sharing stuff like that. And when I say publicly, I don't mean to your friends and family. I mean to total strangers. And then on the other side, why do people get so upset about it? That's the part like, right? you know, and I'm sure it's an obvious answer well, and, and people would be mad that I'd even ask that. But it's, but I look, I know the obvious answer. The obvious answer is you did something that I didn't do and that makes me feel lesser than or that you are telling me I'm lesser than. For me, I would say I share these things because I have a gaping hole in my self-esteem, <laughs> and, uh, and I need external validation. That's great. That's a great answer. Uh, and I think also because I'm practicing uh, sharing my – sounds so stupid, my story, but like what what happened with the us? Like it's – that was a – Sabrina's birth was crazy and it was hilarious and it was insane and it was painful and it was bizarre. Oh, yeah. I mean I shared just an amazing comedy story for sure. 
Yeah. Uh, but I also think like that's the thing is like I don't – I think that if – it's the weird analogy is the marathon analogy. But you're like you can be – having run a marathon, I'm willing to sit here and say I think for some people running marathons this is the worst thing you can do for your body. I have not recovered physically from running a marathon over 10 years ago. But I still think people can post pictures of I ran a marathon and I'm like good for them. I don't think like to me that's not like – right. Or, and you know, I I couldn't like my leg wouldn't be able to sustain it with the bone cement, but exactly. But it doesn't. You're not like upset that other people are doing it, right? Yeah. But that again, I think, just goes to how hostile um, our culture is towards mothers, because you know we, also the we talk about the mommy wars, but I think it's just so much of it is coming from the outside. I mean, I don't know that, and I just also don't associate with moms that are super judgy but i but i truly don't know but i think that there's a it's like outside influences are bad pitting us against each other because i think most of us would recognize that parenting is just insanely hard and however we can do it best for our particular families and and how we can course correct when things aren't going right and whatever particular challenges are thrown at us, um, then we're on this. We're all on the same team. Ag- agreed. Totally agree. <laughs> no, I thought you were. That was like a great wrap up. So I was just going to let it kind of like yeah. sit and be a dramatic pause. But then you looked at me, so yeah. I jumped in. I, for me, it's like I my think I need my own hurting. podcast called "I Dislike Social Media." But um, just because I feel like it, like I, I mean, but maybe I'm crazy. Maybe when our parents were, you know, having kids, they were sitting around telling their birth stories and talking about what kind of birth they had. And I don't know, maybe they were. I'm sure they were were still getting compared to their mothers and grandmothers of like, well, you know, Marjorie gave birth in the potato patch. Right. So why are you being such a pansy? You know? Yeah. No, I'm sure you're absolutely right about that. Um, But I agree. It's like the course correct. I just think like. (laughs) We've all, humans have just been horrible to each other since the beginning of time. No one's been supportive ever. That's true. That's a great point. (laughs) Um, No, that's not true. No, you have a great group of, of friends that I just think like that in a supportive group. And that's why and totally I'm always different, so fascinated and totally different when, like, choices and totally different. Flare ups and again, of, I keep saying choices, but like even choices that the baby made before when she was coming out of you, like, you or know, the doctor made or, the, or that the doctor the, made. Yeah, because it's not um, I think that's the hardest part about motherhood is like the idea that you can choose a path. And um, and it doesn't matter because sometimes biologically it just isn't going to happen that way. And so it's also about figuring out how to release the expectations um, and accept what is. And um, I don't know. I'm just really ex- excited to be able to start drinking again. Yeah. No, absolutely. <laughs> and eating sushi and all that good stuff. Oh, my God. That's be great. I feel, great. Like I've, I feel like I've probably angered a lot of people. And that's Unintentionally. Because we're talking about, like, scary stuff. The sharing of the positive birth story, however it happened, is, I think, actually, obviously super positive, but also something new. Because really, like, before even the past five or six years, I feel like all anyone ever heard was people's, like— That is so terrible. —horror stories. You know, like, nobody ever stopped to be like, oh, it was actually pretty pretty, pretty enjoyable and, or, I mean, whatever. Right. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to stop and forget the exact words, but, like, here's my, or ours was sort of, like, great you know, and they comical. they always say how bad it is. They, yeah, it was always, like, the, but, the pissing contest of who had the worst story, which, But no one you know, ever told me uh, that I'd want to be stealing 
like grown up diapers from the hospital. Yeah, because they leave that out. There were a lot of surprises, yeah. like the contractions when you start nursing in the hospital. And I heard second time around is worse. That was so painful. Ooh, that's terrible. All right. Well, I'm going to go pee out of my penis and I, be a man. <laughs> I love that we started this with like closet systems and draperies. I mean, we got into it. We, we got, got things it. got real, you guys. guys you they guys got real. Did. You know why? I flipped the switch halfway through. I was like, you know what? I want to get into it a little bit. And I want to hear what Ellie has to say about some some touchy topics. And so we went there. <laughs> You're like, I want her to lose some listeners. <laughs> I thought, uh, uh, I'm tired of this podcast. This room's real hot. And I want to use this for a gym. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is turn this into a real flashpoint episode. On that note, um, hopefully I'll be talking to you guys next week. Uh, go on iTunes. Go to iTunes.com backslash Atomic Moms and subscribe. And you can find all of our previous episodes. Definitely check in on the last couple of months. There have been some really, really uh, awesome ones that I'm super proud of. Um, conversations that have really affected the way that I'm living my life. All right. Until next week, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness. Rock on, Atomic Moms. 